Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Well, thank you, Josh. Thank you, worship team. Hey, Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, I started sermon series a few weeks ago uh, over the summer called FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. And we're looking at God's response to questions we have about the Christian life. And so he did much of that in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6 and 7. And so we're looking today. We looked, last time I preached, last week was Father's Day. We did the interview, and last time I preached, I, I talked about how to develop a prayer life, what Jesus said in Matthew 6. And today I want to preach on this subject, a little bit of a different subject, but I want to preach on this, uh, how to pray 20 minutes a day. How to pray 20 minutes a day. I'll be teacher as much as I'm preacher today, and if you're in the room, that card you have will be uh, uh, important for you in just a few minutes, and I'll tell you when. Matthew chapter 6. If you're joining us online, thanks for joining us online at at one of our campuses. Thank you for being there as well. By the way, church, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have big news about a Dalton campus, and as a matter of fact, we could really love it if you'd join us in prayer over the next couple of weeks for some things to happen, then we'll be back to you soon uh, with some news about that, Lord willing. So pray with us. How to pray 20 minutes a day. How much are we actually praying? Well, research tells us this, and uh, I'm not going to spend a long time here, but research tells us this. This is belief in God by frequency of prayer. So here, here's what we know. That for people who pray daily, 85% of them have an absolute certain belief in God, right? That makes sense. If you're going to spend time praying every day, chances are you believe there's a God. The 12% here is a belief in God fairly certain. So we look at that, 97% of people who pray every day are absolutely certain or fairly certain there's a God. But then it goes on down, people who pray weekly, monthly, people who never pray. Only 16% are certain that God exists, 38% do not believe in God at all. And we would get that, right, if you never pray. Chances are you don't believe in God. If you believe in God, chances are you're going to pray. And that's what we learn even from our own lives research tells us. What are we praying about? I found this interesting. We're praying about 82% of the time family or friends. 82% of the people prayed for family or friends. My own problems or difficulties, uh, 74%. Good things that have recently occurred. Thanking God, 54%. My own sin, tragically a low number, 42%. People in natural disasters, 38%. God's greatness, my future prosperity. I love this one down here, 5%. Celebrities, we're praying 5% people praying for celebrities. Dear Lord, let bad Brad Pitt get uglier by the day. Amen. So, my, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're praying for celebrities about. But that's what we're praying for when we do pray. And I would uh, postulate this morning to us as a crowd that one reason we don't feel close to God is that we, as a body of believers, are not spending enough time in prayer to even make a friend of Jesus. 
Dr. Jeffrey Hall, who is a communications professor at the University of Kansas, recently published research about the relationship between time invested in a friendship and friendship closeness. Here's what he discovered. That in general, it took 40 to 60 hours to form a casual friendship. That is, 40 to 60 hours of one-on-one interaction, it would take that long before you became a casual friend with someone. So you see, there's much time that has to be invested even to become a casual friend. But then he found that moving from casual friend to actual friend was going to double that, and it was going to take 80 to 100 hours of personal one-on-one interaction. Well, how about moving from there to uh, what we would call a good friend or a best friend? He found it would take between 160 to 200 hours. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. How many people in your life would you like to spend 200 hours with? We're talking stranded on a desert island, just you, just them, I guarantee you, your list got really small all of a sudden, but that's what it takes. 200 hours for you to become a best friend. One-on-one engagement, one-on-one talking before you could become best friends. Well, what are we going to talk about if we're going to become friends? He put it in two categories. He said, number one, most of the kind of talk we do is called small talk. That is, we're talking about things like our pets sports, current events, TV, movies. And here's what he said, that if this is where your talk, if this is where your conversation stays, you're not, you don't have a chance of becoming a really close with someone. If you're with somebody 40 hours a week, but all you talk about is the weather, i.e. on your job, chances are you're not going to become close friends or even friends. You'll say casual friends. So what, what moves you forward? He called it this, striving talk. Hall defines striving talk as catching up by talking about events in your life, talking about what's up in your life, what happened during the day, serious conversation where both of you are involved in the conversation. He even said playful talk or having fun in conversation was all a sign that you were moving into that serious friend. Uh, you would share your heart's desires, your heart's dreams, your, your hurts and your victories. All of that is striving talk. And the more you do that and the more time you spend together, then, then, then you're moving into a friendship save. Now, preacher, why are you telling us all this? Well, number one, I'm reading a book on relationships, so I find all this fascinating. But number two, I know this. Let's talk about this word for just one moment, intentional prayer. If you added up All of your time that you have spent in intentional prayer. Here's the question I have for you today. Have you spent enough time in prayer to make a friend of Jesus? I mean, if we're just talking casual friend, and again, I'm I'm talking intentional prayer. I'm not talking Peter's prayer when he was sinking uh, in the Sea of Galilee, Lord, save me. I'm not talking prayer when you're sitting at a red light and late for work, and you're saying, Lord, let this light turn to green and let me get through it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about intentional prayer. Here's my question. Have you spent 60 hours in prayer to even make Jesus a casual friend? Have you spent 
a hundred hours in prayer to make him a friend. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever spent a, a total of intentional prayer, 200 hours of your life to make Jesus a good friend, a best friend? The problem is we aren't spending the time we need with Jesus. For many of us, Jesus is not even a casual friend. Jesus is not a friend. He's nowhere near a best friend because the most we do with Jesus is small talk with Jesus. We don't have that striving talk that you have with a best friend for hours upon hours and upon hours. But here I've got good news for you this morning. God wants to be your friend. God wants to be your best friend. And that can be cultivated by each one of us spending daily time in prayer with him in conversation so I want to give you a plan today I want to give you a plan to pray 20 minutes a day that over time you can build a relationship with God science tells us that women and men spend about 30 minutes a day socializing and building relationships so if we can spend 30 minutes a day building relationships with others can we not spend 20 minutes a day doing the same thing with God and here's the good news he gave us the plan on how to do it, and that's what I want to show you. So let's stand together as we honor God's word by reading it. Let's see the prayer plan Jesus laid out so he could become our friend. Look at Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 9. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen. Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus said this, Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Thank you. You may be seated. So in, in these verses, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus didn't tell us how to develop a prayer life. He's already done that. Jesus gave us a prayer plan that I want to walk us through. So can I just very quickly this morning walk through these verses? I won't spend a lot of time here because I want to get to the plan. I'm going to try to teach us how to pray for 20 minutes, and I'm going to try to do it in 20 minutes. Don't hold me to it. Don't time me. I'm going to do my best. All right, here we go. Verse number 9. Jesus lays out a plan for us to pray. It is not supposed to be a word by for word recitation, but it's an outline of prayer. Notice Jesus says this, pray like this. He doesn't say pray this. And that's where we're confused. There's nothing wrong with reciting the Lord's Prayer or the disciples' prayer, as we should call it. There's nothing wrong with reciting this prayer. However, that was never the intention. Jesus didn't say, pray this. He said, pray like this. Not exactly this, but in this way. And so he's going to lay out how we should pray. And so here he does it in these verses. You should pray. Therefore, he said, you should pray like this. Now, I'm going to dive into this in depth, but let me just do this. Can I highlight some words? that he points out that honestly when you see these words you get an idea of how you should pray so here are some of the words he used father and it tells us about our relationship and then kingdom it tells us a little bit about what we're going to pray for today 
it tells us a little bit about the frequency of our prayer and the intentionality daily of our prayers. There's the word bread. It tells us a little bit about what we should be praying for what we should be asking for. There's also in that prayer, the word forgive. And it tells us not only does bread talking about our physical life, but now I see forgive and it's talking about our uh, spiritual life as well. But then I also see a word like temptation, which lets me know that the enemy is involved, that there's something coming against me and there's some things I need to pray about there because he also uses the word deliver. And so now again, we're back to our enemy. Now we're back to uh, uh, our, uh, the devil who's coming after us and gives us an idea of how we ought to pray. So I put all those words up there to tell you that if all we do is look at the important words in the text, I get a little idea of how I should pray or how I should structure a prayer. And we're going to look at it in just a moment. And then verse 14 and 15 talks about forgiveness. And really, it reminds us that even in our praying, we need to come before God with a clean heart, a clean mind, and a clean life. That's what verses 14 and 15 are about. God is not a cosmic Santa Claus that you bring a wish list to. He is the God of the universe and sees and knows all and is sensitive to our relationship with him and around us. So how do we pray? How do we pray 20 minutes a day according to the plan that God has laid out? Now I'll tell you when to use that card, just hang on. Number one, here's what I want you to know. Here's what Jesus would say. How do you pray 20 minutes a day? Number one, have a prayer plan. Have a prayer plan. The big concept Jesus is teaching us is that in order to build our relationship with him, there needs to be a plan on our part to pray and build that relationship. There needs to be a plan on our part to pray and build a relationship. Too many Christians want to approach prayer haphazardly. And listen, here's the truth. Just talk about whatever comes to your mind. You say, well, preacher, that's how I like to pray. Just talk about whatever comes to mind. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But there are some things that are going to cause that to be the, not be the best way to pray. What do you mean? What's wrong with just praying what comes in my mind? Well, first of all, Satan can influence your mind and be a distraction and point you away from real need. Satan can influence your mind and be a distraction. If you've ever prayed, if you've ever gotten up early in the morning and tried to pray, you know, man, every single thing. That's why I pray before I open an email or open a social media or do anything like that. The minute I break the seal on my day, my mind is going everywhere. That's why I pray first because I know Satan can influence your mind. As a matter of fact, I keep a notebook beside me on my desk. And uh, if something comes to my mind I need to deal with, talk about, function, email, I write it down and move on in my prayer life. Why? Because I know Satan can influence your mind and point me away from the real need. And, and, and when you just said, and you say, I'm just going to pray about everything. Can I tell you that, that Satan will get in the midst of that and he'll drive you away from your own really. And can I say this? How many of you would want me to preach this way? You probably don't want me to preach this way. I, can I just say this? You don't want me to preach this way. And sometimes it's hard to pray that way. The second reason you, you want to plan is you can leave out something that's highly important. You ever done that? You ever said to somebody, I, I'm going to pray for you but you never do. 
Something that's highly important, but you never do. And by the way, people will come to me on Sundays in church and they'll say, uh, hey, I want you to pray with me. And here's what I always say, uh, uh, I need you to send me an email. Why do I want you to send me an email? The reason I want you to send me an email, if you'll send me an email, I'll get it on my prayer list and then uh, I know it's highly important in your life. Not only that, you'll fall prey to the tyranny of the urgent and leave out, get this, long-term praying, long-term praying. Well, I, this week, just happened to think, this week on Fridays, I pray for my uh, uh, grandson's future wife, future children, and future grandchildren. And it dawned on me this morning, th- this week, dawned on me this week for the first time, I won't be around to see that. Now, I plan on living to be 100, but I will not be around in all probability to see my grandchildren's grandchildren. Unless they start having them babies young, I will not see it. So here's what I said. I wrote it in my prayer time. I said, Lord, remember this prayer when I'm gone. Remember that I got up on Fridays and I prayed. For my grandchildren's grandchildren. Can I tell you, if you're just praying for what's coming to your mind, you're not going to do long-term praying where you're praying for generations to come. Not only that, if you don't have a plan, the conversation will stay surface level. Not only that, you will overestimate the time and intensities of your prayer if you're just praying for what comes to your mind. And finally, if you don't have a plan, you cannot track and measure answered prayers. One of the greatest things I love about praying is I track and measure in my prayer time when God answers my prayer. So if you want to have a, a prayer life and pray 20 minutes a day, It is imperative that you have a plan. A better approach than just randomly praying is to have a plan of praying and allow free form inside the plan. I love this. Research has determined that only 3% of adult citizens in the U.S. take the time and effort to plan for the future. Hold on, 3%. Yet those 3% accomplish 5 to 10 times more in their lifetimes than the other 97%. Can you believe that? Five to ten times more than the other 97% why they took a minute to plan for their future. And that is exactly what I'm trying to say about prayer. Take a moment to plan for your praying. Can you play without a pr- uh, pray without a plan? Of course you can. But you will accomplish so much more if you plan to pray. And the good news is, the good news is, Jesus gave us the plan. Sorry, my watch was on, and if you heard a ding, it was me. Number two, work the plan. Take out that sheet of paper or that card you have in your hand. So based on Jesus's prayer outline, what I want us to do this morning is build a plan of prayer together that can have you praying 20 minutes a day. Some of you say, well, preacher, I'd like to pray an hour a day. That's awesome. Here's the plan to do it. Plan won't change. Just the time spent will, and I'm going to walk you through it step by step. Number one, is this. As a matter of fact, guys in the sound room, just change the slides for me when I go to the next thing. That way I don't have to walk back and forth all the time. Number one, write this word down, adoration, A-D-O-R-I-T-I-O-N, adoration, or as we'd call it, would be worship, worship. Here's how Jesus said to start off your prayer time. He said, your name be honored. That is an act of 
adoration. That is an act of worship. And if you want to spend time in prayer, it is, it is uh, uh, a delight to spend time in worship of our God. Can I tell you this? That God is worthy of our worship no matter what's going on in our lives. Can I get an amen right there? He's worthy. You say, preacher, my life's a mess. He's still worried. Preacher, my, worthy. My wife's great. He's still worthy. Uh, preacher, there's some prayers he hasn't answered. He's still worthy. God is worthy of our uh, worship. And can I tell you this? Jesus said, start off that way. So, so here's what I do. I sing to the Lord. I play music. I have a devotion playlist that I adjust every week. Add songs, take songs away. You can sing to the Lord. You can play music. You can read a psalm. You can do any of that. You find a way to start off your prayer time in a time of worship to God. And uh, man, there's nothing better. You know one of the greatest ways to start a conversation with somebody is uh, you look at them and say, uh, you women do stuff like this. You women do stuff like this. Men never do this ever, but women will say stuff like, man, I love that outfit you're wearing, right? Number one, men don't wear outfits. We wear clothes, right? If I have an outfit on, I need to go change. Um, uh, but, but women are like, you know what? And, and then conversation just rolls because you started off with uh, adoration, not worship, but adoration. And can I say this? If you want to write conversation with God, Number one, adoration puts you in the right frame of mind to remember who you're talking to. He's not the big guy upstairs. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. And here's what I know. Just write it down. I don't think it's on your card. Just write it down. Three minutes in adoration. Why did I say three minutes? That's basically one song. One song. Number two is the word submission. Here's what Jesus said. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Every time I pray, I pray these two statements. And the reason I pray them is I preached them in a sermon a couple years ago. And I said, I need to pray those every day. And here's what I pray. God, you're bigger than me and no better than me. And your kingdom is more important than my kingdom. So here's what I pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Our praying is best when our praying aligns with the will of heaven. And every day, go through what you're praying for and ask if it aligns with his will and with his kingdom. Here, here's, I pray this prayer oftentimes, and I'll be honest, I don't even like this prayer. It, it, my, heart, my heart just drops a little bit when I pray it. And I say this, Lord, in this situation, here would be my will but your will be done. Man, I'd rather have my will done, I promise you. I would rather have my will done on the front, but I trust God's bigger than me and knows better than me. And so there's a time of submission where I say, Lord, it's about your kingdom. It's about your will. And Lord, I want to submit my praying to your kingdom and your will. Number three, write down the word confession. Here's what he said, forgive us our debts. There has to be a time in our prayer life when we come clean before God. I have a list in my prayer list. I have what I call my regulars, the sins I struggle with every day of my life, the things I battle with every day of my life. I have my regulars written down. Then there's some other things I battle with, 
And I don't write them down because I don't want the devil to see them. I just say them quietly in my mind. And I, I, I have them in my mind and I know. Things about when I did the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, thought the wrong thing. I want to stay close and clean to the Lord. And can I tell you, God does not bless disobedience. And there are plenty of verses that tell us sin hinders our prayers being answered. And so I want a time of confession before God. And and two minutes may not be enough for you. Sometimes it's not for me. But if you do it every day, you'll be surprised at how the Holy Spirit will keep your heart tender and clean. Number four, write down the word intercession. He said, as we also have forgiven our debtors, now we are praying for our relationships with other people and making things right. It is a time of intercession when we pray for the needs of others. In this time, I pray for you as a church. In this time, I pray for my wife and my kids and my grandkids. In this time, I pray for the special needs that people have told me about. I pray for people who are far from God. I pray for people who need to be saved. I spend time in prayer praying totally and 100% for others. I pray for our nation. I pray for our, our political leaders. I pray for our our military, I pray, spending time for others. It was about other relationships. And so that's what I want to do in intercession. Number five, I uh, write down the word petition. Here's what Jesus said, pray. Give us today our daily bread. Remember, this is an outline. And under petition is where we have a list of things we are asking God for in our own lives. Things like daily needs. Basic needs, desires in our life. This could again be family, job, health. Hey, can I drop this in? Your pastor, the church, the salvation of others. That can fall under intercession or petition, however you want to do it. Spend time. It is okay to ask God for things in your life. Number six, write down the word protection. Jesus said this, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here we are asking for spiritual protection. You do know the spirit world is real and you need the divine protection of God in your life. So in this time, I pray for spiritual armor. I pray through the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with peace, girdle of truth, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, a shield of faith. I, I pray for all of that during this time. I pray for spiritual warfare and the schemes of the enemy that are coming against me in three minutes a day, three minutes a day, minimum. And then number seven, write down the word appreciation. Never end your prayer time without thanking God for all he has already done. You say, preacher, well, he didn't say that in that passage. No, but it's just basic decency that we ought to do. And you add all that up, adoration, submission, confession, intercession, petition, protection, appreciation, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, 14, 17, 20. There's 20 minutes a day of easy praying. You say, a preacher, shouldn't we be praying an hour a day? Have at it. Have at it. I'm not holding you back. I'm trying to get us to 20 minutes. Can I tell you this? If we had 2,000 people in our church praying 20 minutes a day, we could storm hell with a water pistol. How easy is it for us to spend this time with the Lord when we break it down that, that way? That's the plan. When you have a plan, you can expect to build 
your relationship with the Lord, and you have a best friend. I, I, tell, I tell this story infrequently, but it's worth telling here. When I, we first got married, my wife and I lived in a 14 by 72 mobile home, and man, we loved that thing with all of our hearts. We still have such fond memories there, and I remember we were just married, and I knew I should pray, and I was uh, working a job and was a bivocational children's pastor um, at, at a church. When I say bivocational, I was really volunteer, didn't get paid. I was just doing children and youth ministries at, a, at our church, and, and I, I said, I'm going to have start praying and I heard all these sermons about preachers praying an hour every night praying all night long and so one night I got Sherry in the bed I slipped up I went into our little living room I kneeled in front of our chair nobody had taught me how to pray nobody had given me a praying plan I just said I'm going to kneel right here and I'm going to pray all night long in prayer and I did, man. I sit down to that chair. I remember kneeling in front of that blue chair with flowers on it today. I was, I was kneeling there, and I prayed for everything. I prayed for my wife, and I prayed for my church, and I prayed for my job, and I prayed for our nation, and I poured out fervent prayer, fervent prayer. I mean, I was expecting great drops of blood to be dripping off my head at any moment. I mean, fervent prayer. I prayed for everything in the world I could possibly think of I raised my head up and I looked for the sun to be coming up in the morning I looked down at my watch I'd been praying six minutes six minutes have a plan work the plan take that piece of paper home if you want to do it and Put it in something that you can expand on. Put it, mine's in digital format. You can put it on paper in a notebook. I used to use index cards. But start your plan and work your plan. Number three, I'm almost finished. Number three, improve the plan. Can I tell you this this morning? Prayer is not an art. Prayer is an art. It's not a science. If you think the plan takes the creativity out of your prayer life, it's because you've not tried to do a plan. One thing I constantly do is continually refine my prayer life. You say, preacher, how do you refine your prayer life and improve it? Well, things like this. There are new asks that are always going on my prayer list. It's daily that I'm writing new things on my prayer list. There are praise reports that I'll circle in a certain color. And I, for weeks after God's answer to prayer, I'll eventually take it off my prayer list. But for weeks, I thank God for that answered prayer. It's a reminder to me that God answers prayer. And it's also a thanksgiving to God that he's answered that prayer. I'll write Bible verses down. My prayer life is filled with Bible verses that I'm praying for myself. And as I read through my Bible, I'll look and find a prayer verse and I'll, a verse, and I'll say, I want to drop that in my prayer list forever or for a while. There are special ideas I've come up with. I tell my staff, I have a lot of ideas. Not all of them are good ideas. Your job is to keep me from the not good ideas. But before they stop it, sometimes God will say, yeah, that's not the smartest idea you've ever had. It'll never get to anybody else. But there are times God pours gasoline on an idea. There are special impressions from God. There are times I'm praying for somebody or something, and I will feel especially impressed by God for a certain area. You know what I do? I jot it down, because if I don't jot it down, I'm not going to remember it. Improve the plan. Don't make a prayer list and sit on it. It is, a, it is an art. It is a living, breathing th- thing. Constantly be adding and changing and improving as God speaks to you. Number four, and I'm, I'm finished after this. Number four. 
Number four, stick with the plan. Here's what he said in, in Luke 18, 1. They told him a parable the need for them to pray always and not give up. To pray always and not give up. You know this, but can I say it? Prayer is spiritual warfare. The devils would rather you read your Bible. He would rather you sing. He would rather you come to church. He would rather you volunteer. He'd rather you do anything but pray. The enemy's going to fight you on prayer. Stick with the plan. You are going to fight you on prayer. Stick with the plan. The world will fight you. Your circumstances will fight you. Stick with the plan. Hear me. If you miss a day, get started back the next day. If you miss two days, then start back the next day. If you miss three days, ask God for forgiveness and start back the next day. Prayer is hard work. There are going to be times you don't want to give up. There are going to be times you don't see movement in your prayer life. Do not give up. Be a consistent prayer. Pray always. Be a courageous prayer. And don't give up. Close your Bibles and stand with me. We've recently seen a major dip in belief in God. Look at this chart. Between 1941 and 2011, consistently, always, over 90% of Americans believed in God. There were times in the 50s and 60s it was nearly 100% of Americans believed in God. And that trend held basically true until 2011. And then look at the end of this chart. You can't read the numbers, but look at what happened at the end of the chart. The belief in God has taken a dramatic dip. As a matter of fact, in statistical terms, we could say this. Belief in God is plummeting, plummeting. It's a drastic change in an 11, 10-year 11 year period in America. 100% nearly, 100%, 90, 90 Enormous drop down to 81%. We're living in a nation that did believe in God, but we're beginning to stray from it. You say, well, preacher, why do so many Christians in America not believe in God? I have a better question for you. Why do so many people who claim to believe in God Act like they don't believe in God by not spending time in prayer. I'm not as concerned about the 19% who don't believe in God as I am the 81% who are practicing atheists in their day-to-day belief system. And we don't pray. We don't spend time with God. We don't make a friend. What's the difference? Jesus needed us to have a plan for our praying. And he needed us to work the plan, improve the plan, and stick with the plan. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're watching online, Corbin has a word for you there, but heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Hey, thank you, Pastor Joel, for that encouraging message today. What a practical reminder of how to build a prayer life of simply just 20 minutes a day. 
And I love that Pastor Joel didn't just say, hey, you need to be praying 20 minutes a day. It's like, hey, here is an outline. Here is a true outline that we can work together because if you don't have an outline, you, you're probably not praying. At least you're not playing, praying intentionally and working through a, a time of prayer with Christ. And so thank you, Pastor Joel. What an encouraging time uh, together that has been this morning. Hey, I'm sure you were convicted about your prayer life. And so for Christians, obviously, this message can show us we have some work to do in regards to our prayer time. And so again, I pray you've taken good notes and that you will use that as you go into your quiet time of prayer weekly this coming week. Hey, for those of you who are watching today who uh, heard this message about a time of prayer and, and having a time of prayer, and maybe uh, today you need to hear that uh, your prayer life matters. But your prayer life matters if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, your prayer life doesn't really matter because you're not a Christian. And so this morning, We'd love to give you that opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, then allow Him to begin discipling you in your life. And then start focusing on things like your prayer life. But truth is, don't focus on your prayer life if you're not a follower of Christ, if you don't have a personal relationship with Him. That's where your relationship begins. And so becoming a Christian really is as simple as A, B, and C. A, you've got to admit that you're a sinner and that you can't save yourself. And then B, you've got to believe that Christ died on the cross that He rose again on the third day and He ascended into heaven where He is now and that He is who He says He is and that He did what He said He did. And then see, you've got to confess your sin to Him. And uh, that's just coming to a place of understanding that we're all sinners, that we all have sin, and that we are in, in need of a Savior. And so we do all of those things in the form of a very simple prayer. And it's not the prayer that saves you, but it's the intent of your heart to give your heart and life to Jesus. That is where your salvation is found. And so right now, we'd love to give you that opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus. So wherever you're watching from right now, would you just find a quiet and still moment? Bow your head, close your eyes, and tell God this. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for me. Lord, I ask that you would come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, give me a home in heaven. Lord, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, uh, we like to say welcome to the family. You are now a part of the family of God, and we are so thankful and excited for you. And uh, so this morning, we love to celebrate that decision with you. And so if you would, we just dropped a link in the chat box that says, I prayed to receive Christ. If you'll click on that link, we're just going to get some very simple information from you. And then we want to send you some information about your next steps on your faith journey because you don't need to do this journey alone. You need people to walk beside you, encouraging you in the faith. And so we'd love for you to click that link this morning uh, that we've just dropped in the chat box. It's been a wonderful time of worship to get together today. And we're so excited that you would choose to be a part of our online worship experience. And we hope you have a fantastic week. We'll see you next Sunday. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.